maybe I'm crazy, but oh my God, it's just 2020 is over, y'all. We did it. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. It has been a wild year. Thank you so much for hanging with us all year, for subscribing, for listening, for sharing, for commenting, for following us on social media. We appreciate you. We know it's been wild and crazy, no pun intended, but we are here. It is almost a new year, so we have our lists of best ofs for 2020 there were some high moments this year in a year of a lot of darkness and despair we had some really good moments as well so we'll highlight those we'll also talk about college football playoffs who's going to win this weekend we will talk about who's the best team in the nfl cover cover a little clippers and some other things around the league and we'll do a top 10 list with t and culture report for all the biggest culture moments from this year the year of our Lord, 2020. But let's get started with our awards with Heller. Hello, Heller. It is the end of 2020. Almost there, Joy. We're so close. Almost there. We're so, so close. So we're just, we're creeping to the finish line of this f***ing bullshit year. Um, but during this year, there were some, some very special moments That's that we true. all experienced together. Um, so yep. why don't we're gonna we usually do like a big New Year's show where we give out our New Year's awards. Obviously, we're not all together, and I did right. not. I'm not as good as uh, Ariana at getting <laughs> decorations. She's the wizard <laughs> of, of that, For and sure. so I have my same setup. I do have um, a, a new nice pennant from the Dolphins. They sent it to me. Um, signed? Yes, it's signed by our great coach Brian Flores. I see he signs his name in regular print, he it does. looks like, almost. He does, which is a gangster move. He has no time for cursive. Uh, Interesting. Who, who can read that anyway? There's I joy, wish I could unlearn it. There's joy and hard work, Brian Flores. He's right. There is. Um, it's pretty dope. Wow. Yeah, I actually a, have a three, I think it's three rivers. I have another pennant in my closet that I actually should hang up over on this side. So it's Pittsburgh, so it would like be a nice balance. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Sports setup. Let's uh let's get to the 2020 awards. Okay, great. So I was actually struggling with this notion a little bit. Like I even said on the call yesterday, like I need to get a bow tie. These aren't award show awards. This is like your team has the season end awards right. where you give out like you know this is this is more of a community thing as Joy was talking about than it is some fancy award show. So just wrap your head around that and let's get to it. We got five beautiful illustrious categories. The first one we're going to start with, the best league relaunch. What do you got, Joy? I have to give this one to the NBA bubble. They did just an absolutely tremendous job. I, many people don't know this about me, but I'm a logistics nerd. I, mm. I'm very, impre very impressed with great logistical achievements, well-organized events, uh, things that are run smoothly. I love that. I don't know if that's the <laughs> Capricorn in me, but I just really like things to be run well. And the NBA bubble was essentially flawless. No positive tests. Really good. They did a really tremendous good. job quarantining and everyone and everyone that came into the bubble. You couldn't leave your room. If you left your room, quarantine starts over again. Um, no they, wings for you. No wings for you. Uh, they did just a really, really great job organizing and getting the season in. I, 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 even with 
all everything that was going on in the world, George Floyd, the protests, uh, the NBA players not wanting to play, um, yep. injuries, the stress of being away from your family. Like it was really a tremendous, tremendous undertaking. And not even just the players. I, I always like to point out, um, because I'm a logistics nerd, that mm. You know, there are coaches who didn't have their families in there. You have medical personnel who are testing every single day. Reporters, they didn't bring their families in. You have just people that work at the facilities, people who are preparing the meals. These are not cafeteria meals. Like, you're feeding NBA players. These are high-level meals being made every single day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. Like, there's so much that went into that bubble being a success. And it was just a tremendous, tremendous undertaking. All the leagues did a great job. That baseball did a great job. MLS did an amazing job. Hockey did a great Mm -hmm. job. But I I just thought that the NBA bubble was was an experiment and an experience that I will go down in history to me as just like one of the great successes in sports history and certainly one of the the positive notes of 2020 because it wasn't even looking like it was going to happen and they pulled right. it off. They saved they saved sports for us. It was they did. I mean, it was, it, and and what was super impressive to me speaking of the logistics was that they made it an enjoyable watch. Yes. The way that they designed, I guess the ballroom or whatever they were dealing with there at at the at the Disney space down there in Florida, they really made the most of it. You know, we laughed initially at the fans in there digitally, but I got pretty comfortable with that. I thought that was pretty good. And honestly, it looks better than a lot of the full arenas that are empty that we're dealing with right now. So I think people, the bubble was so good. We got a new playoff format out of it. Uh, We got a bunch of great moments out of it, potentially a new camera angle that they were working on this side. They're still using it. A bunch of really cool stuff. Yeah, they're still using it. That's a good point. Yeah. I wasn't sure about the the screens either. I hated them when I first saw them. And now now I think that they should keep that moving forward for some like when they even when they get fans back in like there's some fans that can never go to games so you know putting some screens in the corner of some arenas like making that experience available to some fans who can't actually go or even you know people who are in hospitals or you know whatever um i think that's an element that they should keep i i think they did an amazing job with it aesthetically as well it's a good point for sure. And I also love the benches, how they were. And they seem to have kept that, at least with no fans. Where the guys have a little bit of room. They can move around. Um, you can showcase your outfit a little more. Then I always thought it was crazy to make the tallest men in the world cram next to each other. I think it's, it's so, so weird. I, I Just because they're, they're squeezing every inch out of those arenas to sell those floor seats. Right. Right. But, you know, they'll be happy to get get people back when they're back. And hopefully that's good enough. And then we can keep some of the fun stuff. Um, all right. Uh, you know, we had a re- league relaunch, and then as re- after that, we had a bunch of great sports moments. So, Joy, what was the best sports moment of the year? So, there were a lot of good sports moments. Obviously, the Lakers winning the championship. They won over my heat, so I am a bit biased. Yeah. The Dodgers winning the championship. That was amazing. I don't remember that specifically happening exactly, but I'll take your word for it. It did happen. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup. That was pretty cool. I have to give it to a pre-COVID, pre-pandemic moment, though. Mm. And that was the Super Bowl. Super Bowl in Miami, pre-COVID, when life was still normal. We were partying in very crowded clubs, climbing all over each other. (laughs) Uh, Strangers were sharing cigarettes. It was a whole different world. But... And I mean, I don't, that's, I don't do that, but it's a thing people do right. apparently. Never again. Um, no, 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 there's no sharing. There's nothing, is, nothing is being shared. No. Nope. Andy Reid winning his first Super Bowl 
bringing Kansas City a Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years was a incredible moment. I know it was over your 49ers, but Andy Reid made that made that more palatable for everybody who did not make it to the Super Bowl and whose team lost because he is beloved. It was cool to see him get that. Now they might go on a, you know, Patriots like reign of terror on the NFL and I might change my mind about this. <laughs> right, but, right, right. Yeah. Uh for the time being it was it was a great it was a great moment. It was a fun Super Bowl. Which is really what I always root for, you know, if my team's not in it. I just want it to be a great game because we're all going to watch and literally that Rams Patriots Super Bowl was such a snore fest that this was just a great moment for everybody. And it was really like the last time we were all together partying, like a couple, literally a couple week, weeks later, everything was shut down. So it was great that we were able to get the Super Bowl in and right. it, it actually had major, major effects on the rest of the year, especially for the NFL season that the Super Bowl and the combine got in before the pandemic started. So I got to give it to That's Andy Reid right. in the Super Bowl. Yep. There, there was also a Wilder Fury fight that snuck in there at the end of February. I was at the Wilder was Fury fight at the end of February, yep. which thinking about, yep. and, and I specifically remember at that fight, I was like, there are so many people. Like it was so crowded, Heller. I was like, people were in, in my nose. They were like, yep. there was and people that was, everywhere. And that was just when people around was a somewhat irrational anxiety to have now yeah completely justified oh no i would i would faint i would faint being in that environment now i would faint and i was irritated then <laughs> without wanna, any concept of what a pandemic would do to my anxiety being around other people and i i want to faint just thinking about taking a flight back from that after at the end, end of february beginning of march geez louise all right <clears throat> okay uh so lots of changes in 2020 some you know forced some organic some you know, farmed illegally. I don't even know what words I'm saying. All right. Uh, there was a lot of great moments. Uh, we just talked about those, but there was also some changes that needed to be made. Joy, what was the best sports change? There were a lot of sports changes, but I think the most impactful, and I think everyone would agree with this, is all of the leagues acknowledging Black Lives Matter. George so. Floyd and the protests were a massive movement that happened this year that really changed history in this country. It really woke a lot of people up to a conversation that has been, the black community has been talking about forever yep. and has largely gone unacknowledged by the majority of the white community in this country. Mm -hmm. And social justice was a conversation every ha household had to have. And that wasn't the case prior to this year and everything that happened. And it was kind of a, you know, a joining together of everything. Everyone was home, everyone was on their phone. There was no way to miss this news and the, no way the, to hide from it, the yeah. horrific nature of how he was murdered. You just couldn't deny it. And th this happening in the middle of the NBA relaunch, players feeling like they shouldn't go play to take, you know, they, they might be taking attention away from the protests what the NBA did to keep the, the conversation right in the forefront of everything that was happening with the league. They did a tremendous job with it. And even still, like players didn't feel like it was enough. Obviously, you know, didn't want to continue playing. And I think having those, you know, very, very transparent conversations and keeping it going. Like the NFL has it on their helmets. Like they're they're doing an, mm -hmm. an, I think a great job of continuing that conversation. I know some people feel like it's not enough because Kaepernick isn't back, but 
I think I think all of the leagues, baseball, even hockey, had to have those conversations. Everybody acknowledged it. MLS, international soccer, like everyone has had this yeah. conversation on on their field or court, and I think that's tremendous. So that that was a, a major change that happened this year, and I really feel like it happened because, in, in big part, due to the pandemic and everyone being home and focusing on the news so much, you couldn't miss it. And, yep. uh, and that's an impactful change that will not go away. Yeah, and it was, you, you mentioned it, but it was an international uh, change that occurred as well. It was crazy to me, you know, I, I understand uh, not fully, but I, you know, growing up in America and being curious and having been a cool white person for more than just the past few months, like I have some concept of what being black in America is like, but I don't really know what being black in England is like. I don't, I, that, that's, that's two things that I can't understand, right? I'm not English and I'm not black. So how am I going to understand that? But just to see it spread, to see it, uh, you know, they're still kneeling before games in England, uh, uh, in support of Black Lives Matter, and you know, to to also, I think the other thing, there was so many so many uh, causes and things needed support during this pandemic, but for everyone to still make it a priority to really make Black Lives Matter ubiquitous, I think that says a lot. And it it ignited something that I that I've been talking about for a while now, and I think is very important, and it, it was very inspiring to see that athletes re have realized the power of their voice and the power right. of their platform and college athletes, high school athletes, professional athletes, international athletes were all using their voice and the power of their voice. Um, you know, the WNBA was huge for that, you know, in their bubble relaunch, yep. which, you know, also was incredible. So, you know, everybody using their voices and realizing like, eh, you know what, together we actually have a lot of power and we can say things and stick up for our community and use our voices for you know more controversial causes than you know our, our leagues may have traditionally said that we could and uh, I thought that was really you know that was incredible because obviously like back when Trump was calling NFL players sons of bitches a lot of people myself Jeez. included were like how are we not all together like nah <laughs> you are and this is what we're gonna do and it just yeah. you know so this was really one of those moments where it's like you know what we do have a collective voice and we can use it so i thought that was really powerful yeah that specifically that wnba moment where they all came out with the uh shirts with the bullet holes for yeah. jacob blake getting shot in the back i mean that was one of the most powerful things i've seen and uh also shouts to trevor lawrence you know when trevor when trevor lawrence is when the uh, top southern college uh quarterback is on your side you're you're probably on the right side with it. Um, and, and I think that's a, an important message too, which is that, you know, uh, you might've had some tough conversations with your family during that period. And you might not have felt like you made a difference because they didn't flip their opinion right then. But, you know, you planted a seed and hopefully that seed will allow people to, you know, figure out what's right uh, for themselves and the rest of the world and be more open-minded and everything will be all good in the future, Joy. Come on. We'll hope. Yep. Um, all right. So what are sports without athletes? Joy, nothing. Um, who is the best athlete for our uh, human world team in 2020? Um, I got to give us to LeBron James. LeBron mm. was at the forefront of every conversation being had this year. He did a tremendous yep. job getting the NBA to come back and play. Obviously, 
a tremendous job with everything that happened with the protests and you know the NBA players not wanting to continue to play, getting everyone back out there with the best intentions, keeping the conversation going, um, everything he's done with the Breonna Taylor situation. Obviously, they won a championship this year. I mean, he pulled that organiza- organization together after the Kobe, <laughs> yeah. the Kobe tragedy. I'm not, not going to be there. Oh, not even, I'm not even talking about magic. He pulled that. He pulled that organization together after the Kobe tragedy, like uh, in, oh, in a way yeah. that I like couldn't even uh, imagine. So he did a he did a tremendous job with that, and then after coming out of the bubble to organize everything he did with voting rights, I just think he's done an incredible job. I thought he had yeah. an MVP season this year. He's really turned a corner in his career where he is just full on in legacy mode. And and I respect it. Like he's always been somebody that has just been next level with everything that he does. And, you know, I, I can feel how I feel about him going back to Cleveland. But everything else, it's like he's just he's um yeah, it's it's over. I can get I can get past it. It is just really unbelievably impressive. Like he was he was the top of the top of the top, as he always is, but he took it to another level this year. Yeah, I don't think about him going back to Cleveland. I don't think about basketball. I think about the humanitarian effort that that was for him to go mend those fences and just just do it, do it for the for, for the land, as they say. Um, you know what I also just remembered? Um, and I think this is sort of in the mold of how LeBron has like laid out for athletes to try to make an impact. It was like, I think it was the NFL teams in uh, Georgia, so the Falcons in, uh, I guess it was the Bucks in Milwaukee, so it was a basketball team, but a lot of the arenas became, oh, uh, yeah. Voting became places for people to vote. And that made a huge difference in these states, not California, but these other states that, you know, tried to limit people's right to vote for one reason or another because um, they thought it would make them win. But so I, I think, yeah, the and this is all the, the path laid out there by LeBron James. And what I really respect, and it's kind of weird, but he does this all without seeming um, like I know he's better than me and a lot of us because of the things he's done, but he doesn't ever, like he went to the bubble, Joy. Like how many super duper stars, like obviously other dudes in the league are stars too, but they needed him to sign off on something as overwhelming as leaving your family to go to the bubble and doing it the way they did it. And they did it the safest way and the best way. And it was because he signed off on it and he never complained. So kudos to you, our best athlete of 2020. All right, we got one more left end of season slash year awards um we spent a lot of time at home we're both at our individual homes right now um we both go into work but like for a brief period only to then return to our homes because there's no gyms there's no concerts there's not really there's not restaurants right now there's no there's no viable options of things to do so we spent a lot of time at home in front of the screen therefore we have to give a best at home experience joy there's a bunch of good options what do you got yeah, there were some good options. I thought the NFL did an incredible job with the draft. It was it was heartwarming. It was a really good, entertaining watch. It was cool to see everybody's houses. Um, Roger Goodell has a personality now. Uh, he was great. The M and M's, um, the sweater. I I really I think it's cool for fans, like the fan experience of going to the draft. I guess I don't like a, like massive crowds of people. That this was I, this was pre COVID, so like it's not an experience I'm ever interested in having. 
I went to one for work and the people in there seemed really, really, really excited to be there. And I didn't really understand why. Well, I mean, Um, you're, you're seeing history. Like you're seeing, you know, lives change. You're seeing your team pick what might be, you know, a future Super Bowl winner or whatever. Like you're a hardcore fan. I get it. I'm just saying I liked the change of seeing everyone at home. Yes. A, a, yes. a more mm-hmm. like quiet, cool experience. Mm-hmm. And it was something live that we could all experience together, which at that point right. we were so <laughs> we were excited. Watching, we were watching horse at that point, I think. Yeah, it was. It, yes, it, exactly. Oh, my God. Don't bring it up. Horse. Oh, I'm, oh, my I God. I've been trying to forget that happened. Oh my God, that was so bad. Like I liked it. I liked it. I was I was desperate. I liked it at the time. I liked it. I tried it and I was like, I refuse to accept this reality. We have to got to get it together. Wi-Fi is important. We have got to get it together. Uh, the match I thought was really cool. Um, having like the behind the scenes things in the golf cart. Like I think they should keep that. That was super yep. cool. But it got us through like six weeks so much conversation, so much amazing content. It was really just, it was the bridge from like NFL offseason to the NBA returning in the most perfect way. And that was the last dance. The last dance Thank you, was MJ. crucial. Thank you, Netflix. Thank you, MJ. It was so necessary. Everything that we needed in that moment there was so much drama, so many memes. It was just, it was, it, it, not only was it just a testament to how much that team and though and MJ as a superstar affects our lives still today, it really was just brilliant storytelling. It was amazing. And it gave us six weeks of content, which I am so grateful for. And for it to be that compelling, and this is a story we already know how it ends. <laughs> like right. we know it's in the name. Like we know exactly how the story ends. We have seen these highlights a million times, and we were still all enthralled with it. Thank you. It was the best at home experience, and it would never have been as impactful if it did not happen during the pandemic while we were all at home. Yep, glued to the screen. Then they rolled. They rolled it out early, right? They did roll it out early. It. They they yep. they put it in hyperdrive to get it finished and, and rolled out, which was this, the right yep. thing to do. And it, and it worked 100%. out very well. But I mean, people who were not even into sports or, or, or ever had any idea what was going on in this story were watching it just because everyone was talking about it. It was amazing. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of bad stuff has happened this year, but I'm glad that through all of it, we have the Michael Jordan and I took that personally meme to enjoy because that just- and it. And the Dennis Robin rebounding meme. That one, that yeah. the Isaiah Thomas and the the Dennis Robin rebounding meme have been really effective for the internet. Yep, and I'm still waiting for that Isaiah counter doc. Oh yeah, when he's oh yeah, <laughs> and I took that personally. <laughs> All right, that's our 2020 awards. Goodbye, 2020. Do you have any parting words for 2020? Because I just said F- you. Um, no, I'm just gonna turn my back on that motherfucker. Mm. You know, I saw a pretty a, a pretty uh, cheeky meme. Cheeky, huh? Mm-hmm. It was like, does everyone realize that 2021 is like 2021? <laughs> W-O-N, get it? Ooh! I mean, we've been hating on the year that just passed 
for so many years now and this time <laughs> it's true but i'm just tired i'm just tired you know we all wanted 2016 to be over too uh, you know and so now true. that's i'm just excited for 2021 i am that? i i'm excited for 2021 because i just i don't want to wish away any more time so right. we're done with it we're just going to close this book we're going to put it in a box lost. and we're going to throw that bitch in the ocean yeah um <laughs> some bad boys too was that a bad yes, boy too yes, reference? A bad put it, it in there with your mom's titties and my erection problems and we're going to throw that bitch in the ocean so far jacusto can't find that <laughs> um all right so what's going on over it and quit it um all right so new year's day is this friday so i'm told uh and that means that the college football playoff is here notre dame tries to knock off alabama then clemson faces off with six and oh ohio state i will not be watching but a shot at the national championship on january 11th is on the line joy a football team from the south will win the national championship win it or quit it oh of course win it for sure. <laughs> uh, I will be watching. I will leave work and go home and watch all day college football. And just make, I, I will not, but I will be working to make television that Fox has all the way up until the start of the game. So no need to watch their pregame or anything like that. You can just take, you can take the herd all the way up to noon. Yep. And you got to speak for yourself, uh, I believe, until 1.30. And then a little Fox bet to lock in all your picks. And then the game starts. Yes, it's a perfect lineup. Um, watch Fox all day long. But <laughs> I do think that they're going to be two blowouts, which is uh, which is going to be unfortunate for fans. Uh, Ohio State fans are mad at me right now, but y'all played six games, and Clemson's really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you're mad at Dabo, and you want to go out there and win. I'm not mad at Dabo. That was hilarious. I like it because I, I like villains, and Dabo has fully cemented himself in that college football villain mm -hmm. space. But – Alabama is amazing. They're going to blow out Notre Dame. Like, that's for sure. They're, they're favored by 20 Sorry. and a half points, according to Fox. Sorry, Bad. Brandon. So unless it's Not a miracle, happen. Notre Dame is taking that L. And I think they know it. Now, Alabama or Clemson-Ohio State will be closer, but I still think Clemson is going to beat Ohio State convincingly. Now, the national championship game, that I am not so sure about. I, I want to see how these games go before I make my pick for the national champion. And not because I don't think it's going to be Clemson-Alabama, because it is going to be Clemson-Alabama. I just want to see. I really want to see how Clemson plays, because I know Alabama yeah. is going to roll them. Roll tide, no pun intended. But the interesting thing about these games mm. is Justin Fields. Like, right. his draft stock has taken such a hit from that Northwestern game, as it should, because it was not was not a good performance. And I understand he was injured, but like no no one cares. We, this is what yeah. the tape you're putting out there. So how he performs in this game, if they lose to, to Clemson close and he has a great game, that's going to be huge for him. I mean, if they win, obviously it'll be a whole right. different story. But I just think how he performs is what I'm going to be watching for because um, that that to me is really the main storyline moving forward, at least for Ohio State, because the the national championship between Clemson and, and Alabama w will be a fun one, but it's just going to be it's going to be who scores more points. Like mm -hmm. that's that's how that's going to go. But yeah, it is going to be a team from the South. Now, I am all in on them expanding the college football playoffs next season. I do think it's going to still be a bunch of blowouts, but I think it's going to give teams hope. And that's yep. what college football lacks is hope. Right now, we yep. all know it's going to be Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, or Texas A&M. Like, it's, it's going to be the same teams next year. Ohio State, yep. it's going to be the same teams next year. 
you need to feel like it's worth having a good season. And, and if you explain the playoffs, even if there are a bunch of blowouts in the first round, it doesn't matter. At least it gives teams hope. And it's similar to March Madness. We know these 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 lower seeded teams are not ever going to make the final mm-hmm. four or win it until we know that. But they don't like they never do. But like they make a they make a nice run. Sometimes they make it to the final four, and yeah. that's that is great for recruiting and it's great for the sport. It gives everybody hope. It's great storylines that you need those. You need that Loyola Marymount story. Like you need uh-huh. those stories to mm-hmm. bring hope to the sport and make it interesting. And that's why everyone watches March Madness because it's so fun because of that. If it was only the three best teams, nobody would care. So it's that really, and for that matter, those teams always still make it. It's always gonna be Duke. It's right. always gonna be North Carolina. It's always gonna be Michigan State. We know that. But right. having the other teams have a chance makes it interesting. And that's what college football is lacking right now. Yep, and let's, I mean, I'm obviously I don't make any money off of them, so I really want to dead them. But all the other bowls are pretty stupid. So well, because we, we know make... we know even if we even if we like the teams that are in it, we know they don't count for anything. Doesn't mean anything, right? right. And so, so like it, maybe we're watching for because we have nothing else to watch. And and I'm, and sometimes I'm really watching. Like I thought that the Rose Bowl last year, even though it didn't count for anything, was huge for Justin Herbert. Like that's what convinced me Justin right. Herbert could play in the NFL. So like we might be watching for those purposes, but we know win or loss, it doesn't really matter. It's just right. a title. And and moving those bowl games into the college football playoff, making them right. significant, will change a lot too. So I I just think it's the right move for those reasons. Yeah, and the the best college football game I ever watched was Boise State upsetting Oklahoma. So if you're not even going to give me the option for that to happen, why am I going to tune in? Um, All right. Now let's talk a little professional football playoffs. Uh, NFL Week 17 is still ahead of us and will determine the last few playoff spots. But we're already looking towards the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers currently hold a top seed in the NFC. And Patrick Mahomes' Chiefs already locked up the lone bye week in the AFC. Joy, Aaron Rodgers is going to win his second Super Bowl with it or quit it. Oh. I think I think I'm gonna quit it. Mm, really? Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be the Chiefs again. Okay. And I know everyone's freaking out that they're not winning by 30 every single game, but there's a there's a couple of factors for why that's not happening. One, everybody gives Kansas City their best game. So there's that's that. True. Um, two, Kansas City doesn't have to win by 30. They just need to win the game. That's true. You play to win the game. You play to mm-hmm. win the game. Um, so I, I don't think, I don't see any real like panic in Kansas City. I'm not panicking about Kansas City. I don't need people Damn, to get blown right? out in the NFL. They lost um, one game? Uh, yeah. What, what's there to panic about? They're not winning by enough. Mm. That's a, that's um, I mean, they're the only team that's locked up the bye. Like, the Packers right. don't have the bye this week. They have nope. to win. They have to beat Chicago, who's playing really well inexplicably. Bitch. I mean, I think they're going to lo- – I think Chicago's going to lose, but, like, they have yeah, everything to play on, for. Bitch. Chicago needs to win to get into the playoffs, and, and Green Bay needs to win this game to get the, the bye, which they want. They want it to go through Lambeau. Now, obviously, I have major questions about if the Saints can win in Lambeau, but I'm st- the reason I say no is because I'm going to stick with the Saints – yeah. For my it was my preseason Super Bowl prediction. I'm gonna stick with them. I love the way that they're playing. Strong. Can't be mad at Alvin Kamara the other night. Six touchdowns. <laughs> that was ridiculous. On Christmas was insane. Now the sixth touchdown was a little bit pouring it on, <laughs> but regardless, like it's still an NFL team. You can stop him. You have the option of stopping him from yeah. from running in there, and you didn't. So regardless, he had an incredible game. 
The Saints game was on Scout's feed, right? Scout's feed, yeah. Well, Saturday was exclusively on Prime Video. That, um, you guys, you guys were hilarious talking about that six touchdown. That was so funny. Thank you. Uh, it, it was. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was a good time. Uh, Scout's feed was myself, Bucky Brooks, and Daniel Jeremiah. We have one more game to do Gotta for Prime Video. Um, January tenth, oh, really? we'll do a wild card game. Which, oh, sick! Yeah, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Um, I like that way better than the broadcasts. Well, thank you. Um, Fox had, but we carry the Fox, the Fox feed. Yeah. Um, so Fox had Vikings, uh, Vikings Saints, Saints. on on Christmas, yeah. but um, the Vikings defense is terrible. So I I can't take. But but <laughs> let, let let's say like it's an average defense. So he has three rushing touchdowns. Like if if they can run the ball like that, the Saints can on the Packers. I think that they have enough, regardless of whether it's in Lambeau or not. Now I'm not like the Packers are playing amazing. They're a great team. Aaron Rodgers MVP. Him and Devontae Adams are are running the NFL. <laughs> okay, so I, I, if they do make the Super Bowl and win it, it's not going to be shocked. All right, I'm not saying that this is like by a, a sliver of a hair I'm making this prediction, and right. I don't even feel good about it. But it's just it's just what I'm leaning towards right now. I think it's going to be Saints Chiefs, and the Chiefs win it. Um, but it, it, man, there's so many good teams in the NFL right now. There's there there's really like is. eleven good teams. There's there's a bunch of competitive teams and there's there's like this in the NFC there's like a four there's like four teams that you could totally see coming out of there and, act, and I actually could, like, winning the Super Bowl thing. teams I could legitimately like teams I could legitimately see winning the Super Bowl Seahawks Packers Saints Bucks um, I obviously cannot see the Bears even if they make it Cardinals. No. Just they're not consistent no. enough. I would but, say the Rams prior to Goff getting hurt, I would still have said the Rams. And there's no team like, in the NFC East that I see going, but And it's like and it's like the Bears and the Cardinals and the Rams can't necessarily win the whole thing, but they could potentially beat any of the teams that could win it with their best game because they all have things that they bring to the table. Oh uh, yeah, any of those teams could still win a playoff game for sure. Right. And then the AFC, legitimately teams I could see going to the Super Bowl. Bills, Dolphins. Chiefs, Steelers, Ravens, Browns, oh. Titans. Like if the Colts make it in, they could they could win a playoff game. I don't think yep. they have enough to get Nobody the Super Bowl with Philip Rivers. Nobody but wants to play them. They're tricky. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that are really good right now and are playing well right now. So we we got a great weekend coming up. But um, yeah, this Super Bowl, regardless of who makes the Super Bowl this year, it's going to be interesting. Like there's no boring teams. Yep. Even yep. the Titans, who I thought were a straight up bore fest last year. Not at all. They're not boring anymore. Not at all. AJ Brown and my guy Corey, uh, they're they're ba- they're they're a good team. Corey Davis. Um, Derrick Henry. Yeah, of course, Derrick Henry. Uh, your picks are good. I think. I mean, the Saints play well on the road, so if anyone can go to Lambeau and win, it's them. If it if it stays like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a very aggressive line with my picks this year. I'm gonna go double small market. I'm gonna go Packers Bills. Oh yeah, Packers. I haven't even mentioned the Bills. I haven't even mentioned the Bills. Um, yeah, they're the good. Bills, I like them a lot. The Bills. I can't even believe that I didn't mention the Bills. Um, yeah, I mean, I I want to see Josh Allen win a playoff game. Right, but if he wins one, then he can win three. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But he or hasn't two, yet. So, however many to lose. I, I mean, I don't. I know everyone's losing their minds over Josh Allen and the Bills right now, as they should be. They're playing absolutely yep. incredible. Like Josh mm-hmm. Allen's in the MVP conversation. So I mean this with the utmost respect. They must win a playoff game before I start freaking out. No, I personally am reserving my freak out for the Bills until after they win a playoff game. All what, due respect what? to their incredible regular season. They deserve it. They've had an incredible regular season. But like 
we did this with Lamar Jackson, and now we have so many questions about Lamar Jackson because they need to win a playoff game. Like you, you've done the regular season thing two years now, right? Yep. You, you, were, mm-hmm. you, you made a massive improvement first year to second year. Last year, you were in the playoffs and you fell right. apart. Sure. So like this yep. year, I want to see the Bills win a playoff game. Um, so does Colin, right? Colin very much wants to see them win a playoff game. <laughs> or else he's getting a mustard face. <laughs> he, he made a very ill-advised bad, tried to stop him, wasn't listening. That's Nick Wright's fault. That, um, was, that was pure comedy. But so I think, I think the Bills can't beat the Chiefs, but I think the Ravens are going to clip the Chiefs. And then the and then then the Bills are going to find a way to beat the Ravens, and that's how they're going to get there. Because yeah, they, I can they see can't that. get past the Chiefs, but the Ravens, if you go up fourteen nothing, you win. So yeah, and I can absolutely see the Bills in the Super Bowl. There's no question. Like I can see the Bills winning the Super Bowl. They're they're playing amazing. This is like Stephon Diggs, unbelievable. Like oh. they're they're playing amazing. I'm just saying I would I want to wait and see how they okay. go. That's pro- that's probably smart. Bills, Packers, Packers win it all. <laughs> What's up, Donnie? Hope you had a good holiday. I see you're still set up. Yeah, I, I, I still am. I have a Christmas, my sister's Christmas tree, the fake fireplace above the real fireplace. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're still in the, in the Christmas spirit. Or when do you take your Christmas tree down is the question. I'm yeah, so ask. this is a big debate like wh- that's going on right now. Like how long do you leave your Christmas decorations up for? I leave yeah. them up through New Year's. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So that's like I'll pro- and like probably sense. because New Year's is on a... Friday this year, I probably won't take it down until it's like Sunday or Monday. Well, Sunday I'm not gonna be doing anything but watching football. But yeah, probably probably Monday I think I'll I'll get around to it. But the problem is, is I got a real tree this year, and oh. so how do you go about disposing of a real tree? Yeah, you, and do it's, you throw it away. You do throw it away, yeah. but it's really big. So yeah. like I, I I opted for the giant tree this year because I'm oh, okay. I'm like trying to juice all the happiness I can out of whatever we have. <laughs> So got to do it. Yeah. So I don't know how I'm going to get it out of here. Um, but you know, it'll be, we'll see. <laughs> I really don't know. It's really like way too, well, I'll way follow too up big. next week. See, see how you did that. Yeah. It's way too big for me to carry, but, um, yeah, I'll just leave it up for next week. Um, can't hurt. Yeah. Uh, so what's going on? High key, low key. All right. And high key, low key, high key. The Clippers were without Kawhi for Sunday's matchup against the Mavericks after an elbow to the face sideline, the superstar. Low-key, that still doesn't explain LA's historic 51-point loss to Dallas. Joy, the Clippers, they look like they're in some serious trouble. Some real doo-doo. Real doo-doo. Poo-poo doo-doo. Poo-poo and doo-doo. I don't know. I don't know how they got better over the offseason. I'm as you know, I get very salty about teams when they make me look like liars, which is why I'm not messing with the Celtics or with the Bucks this year. Like, until you prove that you can get to the NBA Finals with a back-to-back MVP, uh, you're yeah. not on my radar. And the Clippers made me look like a liar this year, so I'm I'm off them as well. And I also don't know how they got better in the offseason. So here we are with Paul George once again uh, coming out and downplaying a catastrophe. After the loss in the NBA playoffs, not even the conference finals, not the NBA finals, just just the middle of the NBA playoffs in the bubble. Um, he wants to talk about this wasn't a championship or bust season. Every season oh, yeah. is a championship or bust season. When you have mm-hmm. champ- when you have when you're in the talks for winning a championship, every season is a championship or bust season. A. B right. when you are down 77 27 
Oof. In the first half, and That's you lose. That's historic. It's, it is historic. It's first time it's happened. And you yeah. lose in historical fashion. It is a big deal. So stop saying things aren't a big deal. Because I'm going to start thinking that you don't think any of this is a big deal. Now, maybe it's not a big deal. And then we can stop talking about you guys as contenders. That's fine. But you can't have championship conversations around you and everything that you do that's a failure not be a big deal. You can't have a both. Yeah, ways. that's not how it works. And yeah. with Paul George, here's here's where I am with with the Clippers and Paul George. I don't have any problem with the money. I don't really care about money. Of course, everyone has to pay somebody. Everybody's going to get a, a max deal, a big deal on every team. Everybody's got to pay someone. So does everybody yeah. deserve that kind of money? I don't know. What does deserve? Like Paul George is still a star in the NBA. He's not a superstar, but he's still a star. So who cares what he's making? Everyone gets caught up with two hundred million dollars. Who cares? They got to pay yeah. somebody, okay? So do you want to not have Paul George on your team? Of course not. But Paul George is the one that is in question right now, not Kawhi Leonard. To me, Kawhi is already in a different category. Mm-hmm. He has grace on his side. He won a championship before he went to Toronto. Then he went to Toronto and won a championship for an entire country. Yes, he's the nation's champion. The nation's champion with the Raptors, who were a great regular season team year after year after year, but could not get through to the championship until he got there and he won it for them. And I don't care about what happened with the Warriors. Injuries happen. I don't want to talk about it. It doesn't matter to me. You are where you are, and that is what it is. They won. At the end of the day, there's not an asterisk next to that championship. Well, KD with her. No, doesn't matter. They won it. Kawhi is a champion. He is without reproach for the time being, okay? I know what Kawhi can do. I know what Kawhi is capable of. Now, did he have have a good performance in the bubble? No, but but so what? (laughs) Like people have up and down years, whatever, the bubble, whatever. I don't care about that. It's on Paul George to me. You're the one that came here. This is, you're supposed to be the, the other star. This is on you. We know what Kawhi is capable of. He doesn't have to prove anything to me. Paul George does. And every time he keeps saying that it's not a big deal, it's making me start to think maybe it's just not that big of a deal to the Clippers. Yeah, you, you're saying that the Clippers, you're mad at them for making you look like a liar. But I think this specific matchup, this specific blowout will like reverse that because you, you spoke about Luka being the MVP. And I think this only bolsters that argument. So uh, I think things are turning around when it comes to the Clippers making Joy look like a liar. Because I think they did their their efforts to, they like paid attention to the podcast last week and they were like, you know what? Joy's got Luca as MVP. Let's go ahead and have a historic blowout. Yeah. And just Let's get that conversation cooking. <laughs> yeah. All right. High key, Dwayne Haskins is having a rough couple weeks. He was fined for breaching COVID protocols. He got demoted. Then he got benched. Then he got released by the Washington football team. Low-key, Haskins is still 23, and he can bounce back from this super-duper low point. But young quarterbacks coming up have got to take this as a precautionary tale. Am I right? Absolutely. And he is going to get in a job somewhere else because one thing that we've learned about the NFL, particularly this year, and I think it really started with the Saints last year when Drew Brees went down, that having a, a, a backup quarterback that has a significant amount of starting experience is invaluable. The Saints lost yeah. Drew Brees for multiple games during Super Bowl expectation years and didn't really miss a beat because they had Taysom Hill and they had Teddy Bridgewater last year. And they also yeah. have Jameis Winston. So they are not playing around at all. So having a strong, I mean, Marcus Mariota with the Raiders, and not that it mattered because they're out, but like they still have a strong backup. 
mm-hmm. the Eagles, um, the Cowboys, like having a backup, a strong backup with, with starting experience is invaluable in this league. And so he's going to get signed somewhere. As And, and yeah. I don't think that he should not get another opportunity. I'm not like a cancel culture person, like, ban him from the league. <laughs> Never him. again. Banished. Be gone. Into the abyss. You know, but have some self-awareness. I really, I really don't ask for too much from people because I've made plenty of mistakes in my life and I continue to make mistakes all the time. I'm human, I make bad decisions all the time. What I try to do is not, is to, is to be completely void of self-awareness, right? When I speak, yeah. I try to be aware, am I complaining? Am I um, sounding ungrateful? Am I sounding elitist? And, and maybe I am sounding elitist, then I will acknowledge like, hey, Maybe I sound elitist about this, but this is how I feel, right? So I try to be aware of myself. You are in a situation where you're not a rookie, okay? So you're not gonna get that pass. You've yep. already been benched. So you already know the pain of losing your job and how quickly yep. that can change. You're not playing well, that's why you got benched. And we're in a global pandemic. So, <sighs> so, so everyone's aware, like everyone, everyone, and for the most, let's, let's say, Almost everyone's, they don't like speaking absolutes. Maybe there's some people somewhere who don't know there's a global pandemic going on, but for the most part, everyone knows there's a global pandemic going on. Word has traveled, okay, over the course of this year. I think it's gotten to Mm -hmm. pretty much everybody. All right, so so everyone's aware of what's going on and like how you get it and how you increase the chances of getting it. And if you're an NFL player, you're even more aware of that because every time you go into work, you have to go through COVID protocols. You have to get tested. Mm -hmm. You have to come in on your off day and get tested. You've been uh, had this explained to you multiple times by the NFL. You've seen other teams and what's happened to them. Dwayne Haskins has a phone. So I'm sure he's aware. He's getting the alerts. He he sees Mm -hmm. the news. He knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing and not doing. And he chose to put himself in that situation. Okay. And what you can call it immature or whatever you want. But at the end of the day, he's not a baby. He's not a child. He's a grown man, a young grown grown man, man, but he's a grown man nonetheless. And you are not the same as every other 22 year old who's out here in South Beach or whatever, uh, wherever, Arizona, wherever you are doing the things that you do. You are Dwayne Haskins, the, the, the quarterback for the Washington football team. You just get held to a higher standard. If you don't like it, then you can mess up and this is not your job anymore. But I, I, I just, I don't have a lot of sympathy for this situation because I don't, and I don't, the optics, whatever. Okay. It's not about the optics. It's about you're, you're doing something that is wildly irresponsible. Your head coach is, is, is <sighs> was going through chemotherapy yes. this year, this season. So yeah, you actually yeah. just don't care. You actually just don't care because if you're unaware of something and you do something, then I can be like, okay, well, like he didn't know or he didn't understand the repercussions or he didn't understand like how impactful this can be. But if you're aware and you chose to not do it, that's a different level of selfishness. Mm-hmm. If I was Ron Rivera, I would have never let him see the field again. And I really believe that he only let him see the field because he felt an obligation to the other men on the team who have been grinding and doing the right thing to put the best player on the field to help right. them win and get to the playoffs, which they deserve, despite the fact that Dwayne Haskins could care less about that since he's out partying after a loss during COVID <laughs> with no mask on. I'm not like, I'm not the mask police. I'm not the morality police. I'm just saying, if I am putting someone in charge of my billion dollar organization and you're gonna be the face of it, you're not gonna go out partying after a loss during a pandemic. 
Yeah. She's not going to do and, it. And then, and then play the way that you've been playing and see the field again. That's just not Yeah, on top of that. Yeah. So he's going to get another opportunity, and he should. I'm sure he learned his lesson. Um, it's just a really, really disappointing. It's a disappointing, disheartening story, albeit not surprising. Yeah, agreed. All right, high key. The Browns took an L from the Jets this past Sunday, cementing that Trevor Lawrence will not be headed to New York and that Cleveland's going to Cleveland no matter what. Low-key, the playoff destiny of the Browns lies in their own hands with an upcoming matchup against your Steelers. Joy, is Cleveland about to mess around and miss the playoffs? I think they might. We don't know if they're going to have all their receivers and all their players back yet from the COVID protocols. So that's going to play a huge role. Mason Rudolph is getting the start, though, for the Steelers. So that's a huge bonus for the Browns because Mason Rudolph is terrible. So, (laughs) like, if I'm a Browns fan, I'm really excited to hear that. Now, you just lost to the Jets, so you don't have a whole lot of confidence going into this game. But it is a must-win game for the Browns. I actually, I hate to say this. Um, but I low-key kind of hope that the Browns win because I want to see them in the playoffs and I want to see what they do in the playoffs. Um, yeah. So it, it, I, it's more interesting to me if the Browns win than if – and listen, I will take much joy, much happiness from the Browns losing. But I think yeah. it's more interesting if the Browns win and make the playoffs and then we can see what they do in the playoffs. Um so I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in this game. Like, obviously, the Steelers don't care if they win or lose because otherwise they would not be trotting Mason Rudolph out there. But yeah. um, either way, I just, it, it, there's so many games this weekend that are basically it's, – it's basically like an extra wild card weekend we have this year. So oh, yeah. I, I'm really excited to see it either way. If any team can ruin this chance, though, it is the Browns oh, as well sure. as the Lions. Uh, but I'm going to say, like, the Lions are in that opportunity. So, I mean, if anybody can do it – Cleveland could do it. No, Cleveland can definitely lose this game. They could figure out <laughs> yeah. a way to do it because they should absolutely win. Yeah, but they and should've... I will say that they... this is the first, I think the first game that uh, Mason Rudolph is playing the, the Browns since he got popped on the head. So he has a little bit of extra motivation behind him. Um, so, like, if he were to go off, this would be the time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he'd need to be good at football to do that. But <laughs> th- look, like the I don't blame the Browns Jets situation on the Browns. Like you don't have enough you don't have enough players. It's it's kind of hard to overcome everything that they they lost in that game. Um, yeah. And the Jets, you know, playing with a lot more confidence after getting that stupid win. But yeah. either way, uh, if they lose, I won't. I will not be surprised. Hey T, it's the last show of 2020. Yes. So it is. we made it. The last one to see you before New Year. I know, we made it. Um, we made it. What a year. Uh, hope you had a great Christmas. And did you have a great Christmas? I did. Okay, yes, good. I had a great Christmas. It was very mellow, but it was good. How was yours? It was the same. Well, I worked, so. Uh, but I did get to, get to have dinner with my cousin, um, which was nice, so. I had a, it was it was a nice Christmas. It's definitely sad not to be with family, but you know I worked, so it was okay. Um, so, yeah. what's going on in the culture report? Okay, so Wonder Woman 1984 came out, and Joy, I'm not a fan. Like I'm just so disappointed, especially because the first one was just so good, and like I love Gal Gadot, like she's so beautiful and a great actress. Love Kristen Wiig as well, but I feel like once Kristen came out and she was introduced, it dragged. Like 
it was just, it was so slow. Chris Pine, I love, but his character was weird and made no sense. The story was just absolutely like, just dumb. And the mall scene was just stupid and cheesy, which is like the beginning. So I didn't really like grab me. And I thought the ending was just too easy. And it's like, I really wanted to love the movie, but I like, I can't if I tried. <laughs> uh, I did not hear great things. Sorry, my neighbors are apparently like bowling or something. Who knows? Um, yeah, I did not hear great things. And I'm kind of disappointed because I really like the first Wonder Woman and I like the casting of Gal Gadot. I know a lot of people aren't too high on her. I don't like the casting of her as Cleopatra, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think she does an amazing job as Wonder Woman, so I'm kind of disappointed that there's so many mixed reviews on it, especially for a Christmas release. So I, I think I'm still going to watch just because I do like Wonder Woman. So I, I want to see for myself how if it's good or not. But I, I'm a big fan of good writing. So if everyone's saying that the story is weird, then I probably won't like it, which is disappointing. Yeah. Watch it when you have, like, time because I fell asleep. It took me three tries to watch it. Yeah. I kept falling asleep. Mm. What else is going on? So um, I did watch Soul. Um, I actually really loved that. The animation was beautiful. I love the story of Joe, who Jamie Foxx um, voiced that character. The movie is just so relatable, Joy, especially in a time like now. And it's just so eye-opening. And I feel like it reminded me that existence shouldn't just be about one thing. And life is just so much bigger than that. I feel like this movie gave me all the feels. And like one thing I realized, too, is that Pixar actually makes like human movies and like Joe got a second chance at life and not everyone gets that so for me I got to like envision my own ending and it made me reevaluate to ensure that I'm living my life to the fullest it was just beautiful well we know that Disney does an amazing work with their stories and Pixar is the best I was really excited to see this especially obviously you know we want representation and you know, black characters on screen. So I was happy to see that. Jamie Foxx is obviously a legend. It was really, it was sweet, but to your point, like it was perfect for right now. And and Disney and Pixar do a good job of making kids movies with adult messages so that everybody can watch. And yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was very, have you ever read the book, The Alchemist? Yes, I have. It was Here's very the much yes, like The Alchemist kind of put into a kid's story. like the the journey is the treasure right like the experience of life the people that you are around the experiences that you have the stories and memories like though that's really what life is about and if you're singularly focused on like just one thing and if that doesn't happen then your life is a failure then you're really not living life and that's not to say that you shouldn't have dreams and hopes and aspirations and goals but enjoy the process of getting to those goals and achievements as well like don't look at everything every time you've been turned down as a negative or anytime that particular thing didn't happen for you as a negative and more of a lesson and an experience but i thought it was really well done and uh yeah it was it was, i cr i was crying and then i was like you know what i'm already crying i might as well watch canvas and then i was like <laughs> i'm like why am i doing this to myself but it was it was really great though yeah, Candace is another one, another one that's beautiful as well. Yes, watch it. And then one, it's only nine minutes. Yes, it's, it's a so, short yeah, story. It's, so short. it's great. Yeah, but even that amount of, amount of time, it was perfect. It was. So, yes. Um, so, 
Since we're wrapping up the end of the year, I got t- 10 cultural moments for 2020. Now, I, ha- I came up with 10, but obviously this is in no particular order, and I know there's so many memorable moments, but um, my, quick, my quick 10 are the pandemic, obviously. I mean, this has been such a hard year for a lot of people, from like people losing jobs to loved ones. It's been an incredibly challenging year, and obviously my heart goes out to everyone that's experienced loss. Um, also, legends, like we've lost legends, icons this year that made such a huge impact from like the Kobe Bryant to the Chadwick Boseman to the John Lewis, like so many more. Like that's just been such a crazy, it's been, like I said, it's been a crazy year. Um, obviously the Black Lives Matter movement, um, so many people and companies came together for social injustice in this country. So that's been great. I love seeing us like unite in the way that we have. Obviously Biden, Harris, Kamala, like being the first black woman VP making history. And then of course, D nice versus like both of those. I mean, we've been, we've been brought together through music, which has been such a beautiful thing. That's been like my favorite, like one of the outlets for me to like kind of just unwind, just enjoy. Obviously the Fresh Prince reunion, a lot of us have been waiting for the moment that like the Aunt Vivs can come together. They met each other for the first time. So that was so, I love that. Definitely cried on that. It was just so amazing. And then of course, Black is King. I, I said that one because I feel like to see like black, like a representation of black people in such a positive and beautiful way was really important. And I really, really love Black is King. And then of course, last but not least, Shakira and J-Lo, like when they perform at the Super Bowl, that was such a big moment because you see these two like women, power women, like come together like for an incredible performance. And again, there's so many more, but that's what I got. That's a really strong list, T. <laughs> it is. I'm trying to think of like some other moments. Um, yeah, I mean, it was really like you covered every you covered the bases like that. <laughs> that was a really strong list. I mean, this has been an incredibly challenging year, probably the most challenging year of everyone's lives uh, with this pandemic, and it really feels like there's no end in sight um, and no solution in sight. No one wants to take the vaccine. Everyone wants everything open. No one wants to, uh, uh, you know, cooperate in some states and other states are cooperating. Things are shut down. People are losing businesses. It's really insane. Um, But I, I will say that the Internet has been a crazy blessing in this wild, wild year, because it really has not only enabled us to stay together, but to stay working. We're doing the podcast remotely as we have for most of the year. And yeah, there's just been, this is a year that nobody will ever forget. And it's really gonna define a lot of people moving forward, like how you behaved during this time and how you treated people during this time. Um, and what you did. And, and I, I've been saying that for the last four years, kind of leading up to this election, you know, what you did during this particular time in history is going to be reflecting, reflected on your legacy. Um, because we put all of our thoughts and energies out there publicly on social media all the time. So there's a record, you know, of what we've done and what we participated in. And in some ways, that's great because a lot of people have, you know, D Nice and, you know, Versus and, you know, Beyonce with Black is King and like so just those are like big things. People, everyday people have made massive contributions to the world through content through this time to keep everybody together and, 
you know, just contribute a little bit of happiness. So um, I, I, I think this is definitely a year that I'm really interested to see how, obviously, aside from all the like darkness and despair, how we look back on some of the things that we've experienced um, during this year. But I am definitely happy to say deuces. Peace <laughs> yes. out. 2020. Out, 2020. Bye. Get the <laughs> out. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Hope you guys have an amazing holiday week. Hope you're safe. Enjoy your families. Um, hope you've had a, a great year considering 2020. Uh, we'll get through all this together. Make sure you stay healthy and follow us on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartMedia app, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to the podcast. You can also follow at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. Enjoy Taylor Talks on social media. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Ooh.